Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. I'm very excited about tonight. I think it's a perfect message to open up Elevate's 2019 year because it's all about Jesus. It's all about glorifying him and it's all about what he desires for us. Allow me to pray one more time. Lord, this is your word and not mine. Overwhelm my mouth with your words so that all of this is you. In Jesus' name, amen. What's most important for this year? What is the most important thing that we can hold on to? Next week, we're starting our manna series about those things that God gives us as provision and the highs and lows and lefts and rights and crazy. But if I was going to, if this was the last time you ever heard me speak, and if I was going to leave you with some sort of seed that I would hope would grow for the rest of the year, tonight is it. And, and I think it's not me. I think it's what the Lord would want to plant in our hearts. So I would, we'd like to do kind of a visual example. I'm going to need a volunteer. Somebody who's really brave. Somebody who's not too hard to look at, you know, for a while. I choose me. Come on up, me. Give a hand to Bailey. Look at this bravery. Well done, well done. I love Bailey. Do you guys love Bailey? He's a solid guy. He, he's going to be a leader here. I'm pretty excited about that. Y'all give him a hand. Yeah. All right, Bailey, if you wouldn't mind, just step right over here. Actually, that black square is perfect. I don't know where that came from. Thank you, thank you. You're beautiful. Just stand there and look good. I had many positive experiences with my father. And I'm very lucky. And the, and the older I get, the more people that I meet, the more I realize that in a lot of ways, mine was a rare case, that I had a good relationship with my dad. And we made a lot of memories. We would go camping often. Probably once a month, we were in the woods together, you know, feeding marshmallows to raccoons and everything. And, and we would go biking together. And every birthday, he would say, what do you want? And I'd just say, yeah, I just want to go fishing with you. And we'd go fishing all morning and get back late and smelly. And, and then we'd do cake and all the rest of the stuff. But I never asked for presents. I just wanted to go and get time with my dad. And we had made all kinds of memories. We'd get home from work, and we watched two or three episodes of MASH every day before I'd get to my homework and stuff. We just made lots of little memories like that. And you know, our experiences are what build relationship with somebody else. Every significant relationship that we have in our lives, whether it's a best friend or a family member or something like that, it's full of experiences. And these experiences are the building blocks of that relationship. You don't meet someone for the first time and instantly become bosom buddies. No, you have to, you live through things. They say that some of the tightest bonds that you can have with, with, with two people are people that went to war together and they were shot at and they were in foxholes and they, they starved together and they fought together and they saw and, uh, each other bloodied up and lost friends together and they come home with a bond that people don't understand because they've experienced things together. Every significant relationship is full of the building blocks of experience, and these experiences build intimacy. 
Not intimacy in a sexual way. Intimacy as defined by closeness, familiarity, a deep knowledge of another. I like this one, being comfortable with someone. There's only a few people in my life that when I'm with them, I can absolutely just exhale and feel like I'm myself. I can be goofy. I can make mistakes. I can do something or say something wrong, and there is no pressure. They're, I'm not going to set them off. I'm not going to you know, make them feel bad. If they say something that's sort of insulting, I never have to think that they're actually insulting me because we have this beautiful closeness and connection. There's only a couple people probably in your life you really feel like that with. It's an intimacy. Turn your Bibles or read up on the screen. We're going to look at Philippians 3, 7 through 10. Ooh, I like that graphic. This is Paul speaking. And Paul has just listed off all the reasons that other people could see him as noble or having arrived or doing something really good. And he wraps it up with this. But what things were to gain to me? These I've counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Think of like poop. It's just nothing to me, absolute waste, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from my God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Leave that on the screen for me. Twice it uses a variation of the word knowledge. And I counted all as lost for the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And then right here, it wraps it up, that I may know him and the power. The point and the purpose that God has been setting into play since the beginning of time, since the beginning of creation, is so that you have the ability to know God. The creator of all things, the one who loved you so much that he would sacrifice everything, reaches out to us with the opportunity of relationship. And way too often, we treat that relationship as like a one-time meeting. Yeah, I, I, I gave my heart to him. I'm good now. Whoa, 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 whoa. The knowledge of Christ, to know him, to have experiences with him, We spend a whole lot of time learning about God. We spend so little time with God. What if I only ever read Jackie's text messages but never was around her? What a shallow relationship that would be. There's no way we could build intimacy. There's no way that we could build a knowledge of each other, ins and outs, and build those experiences. We spend so much time talking about, hearing about, but there's another level. There's many levels. And we so rarely scratch the surface. I love the paradox that we serve a God who we've already obtained, and yet our life is a pursuit of him. Did y'all follow that? We spend our lives pursuing a relationship that God has already given us, and both are beautiful. How interesting. You're doing good. Thank you. You're really important. Please stay right there. This paradox, no, you can stand up. Thank you. This paradox 
of a pursuit and of an achievement was the life and love and delight of so many of our biblical heroes. Think about David. He loved pursuing God. Think about Moses, Noah. Remember that guy named Enoch? He, and Enoch walked with God, and God took him, and he was no more because he walked with God. Twice in like two sentences, he walked with God. Noah walked with God. Moses walked with God. These incredible people that we were like, that is cool. Moses got to see such amazing things. He had an intimacy with God that, that God would say that Moses was a friend, that he would speak to him like a friend. What is that? We're still trying to get over the fact that God's invisible. And Moses would walk and talk with God as a friend. There's something more that we haven't got a hold of. There's something more that is worth pursuing that we haven't scratched the surface of. God is transcendent. He's up there. He is above human imagination. The only way that we can know him or encounter him is if he is the one that makes the connection, if he reveals himself to us. And he's so beautifully, because he desires relationship with you and me, he reveals himself in ways that we understand, like a father or a shepherd or like an eagle that tucks her chicks under her wings in protection. He reveals himself in these ways that, that we can grasp at least a little bit of. Because he is a God who is a person, who is full of personality, who chooses not for us to identify with him. We can't identify with what is perfect and transcendent, but he, through Jesus Christ, identified with us. What a powerful relationship. And that kind of love throws open the door for intimacy with our Father. Being made in his image gives us the full capacity to know him. Every Every person born has the capacity, was built with a Holy Spirit satellite dish to know God. And because of sin and rebellion, we are born with that satellite dish broken down. And when the day comes that we say, yes, God, you're my Lord. I serve you with all my heart. Not only does he come and regenerate that satellite dish again, but he also equips us with the power. He powers it up through his Holy Spirit, so that we can connect with him. And if we're only living on our salvation experience, if we're only living on our Sundays where we hear about him, then we are missing what he died on the cross for us to have, and that is an intimacy, a relationship, a two-way communication, walking with him. Our salvation is not God's end goal. Our relationship is. However, our previously estranged human soul desires and craves what God is offering. It was created for that. You're doing good, Bailey. Thank you. You're so important. I still need you. Hang tight. Our soul craves encounters with its creator. More than just a one-time association, more than just rendezvous at church, but a deep intimacy. But way too often, maybe it's out of some sort of convenient, casual Christianity that hunger in us gets buried. And it gets buried under the distractions of the day and the distractions of challenges. And we just slip into this casual Christianity. 
when God is the God of love, the God who is desiring you and me to love him, to know him, to build experiences. Our experiences shouldn't be the sum total of every time life got hard, we decided to pray. That shouldn't be our experiences with God because that creates a relationship with some sort of whack genie. But our experiences with a father that loves us. Casual Christianity becomes some sort of list of works. And it puts a lot of pressure on to fulfill, to be, to look like. It just becomes a hollow religion. But God is offering more. He's offering turning the power on in our satellite dish so we can start receiving signal. We can start being led by his Holy Spirit. It's this reversal that changes Christianity from every other faith on the planet. Every other faith on the planet says you need to climb the ladder to get closer to God and maybe go to heaven. Christianity says, Jesus says, I climbed down the ladder to reach you who couldn't climb yourself. That is the God that loves you. And that is not a God that has any interest being separated by casual Christianity. That is a God that hungers after relationship, that stands waiting. I stand at the door and so that anyone that would open to me, I would come in and eat with them and they with me. You see that relationship, that intimacy, that bonding? He reaches out to us and he offers himself in heaven. But you can't get to know someone through a single meeting. To those, he says, To those who say yes to him, he offers a journey. And we're all at the beginning of our journey. We have mountains to climb. We have levels to grow. We have depths to explore. Let's not get so stagnant in a relationship with God that we're just doing the routine because we're going to miss out on what he died for. These are David's words, Psalm 63. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Listen to David's heart. May this be the cry of our heart. Like, I I challenge you, memorize this psalm. Take a picture of it. Let this become part of your prayer time. A psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh, man, he's running from Saul right now. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I'm not even waiting until I wake up. I'm waking up early because i got to be in your presence. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in, the, in a dry and thirsty land. Recognize he's making a connection here. He's, he's out in the wilderness. Wilderness means no water, scientific definition. And he is relating his soul's hunger to what he could experience in the wilderness, to be without that deepest of human needs. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better, is better, is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands to your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, as in like a great steak. That's how satisfied I'm going to be by hanging out with you. And my mouth shall praise you with the joyful lips. When I remember you in my bed, when I meditate on you in the night watches, oh man, I wake up in the middle of the night all the time. If only I would remember, oh yeah, 
I could be growing in my relationship right now. Not a minute has to be wasted in our lives when we could constantly turn back to the wellspring of life and joy. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. That is not someone that is interested in Sunday to Sunday. It's Jewish Saturday to Saturday kind of faith. That is not somebody that's just looking for the Lord when things are going poorly and when everything hits the fan. That's not somebody that is stuck into some sort of apathy. That is a man who wakes up thirsty for the presence of God, who loves his presence more than life itself. Give me Jesus. Give me life. I'm picking Jesus. That could be our cry. That could be our thirst. That could be our hunger. But you know what? There's an old Indian proverb that we all live with two dogs in us. Which one will you feed? And it's talking about the good or the evil. What if we applied that to our spiritual realm, our understanding of how God works. We all have this in us, this dead flesh, these old habits, hangups, and sins in our lives. And then we have our spirit in us that we are living through, that God put into us to sanctify us, to grow us, to stretch us, to lead us, to guide us. Lead us and guide us are synonyms. Which one will we feed? Will we feed the old man or will we feed the new And I'm telling you, whichever you feed will get stronger, and the one that you starve will weaken. If you have a sin that you can't get out of your life, you need to start feeding your spirit and starving your flesh. Because the more you feed this old man, the more you feed this zombie that constantly seems to drag around with us, the stronger it gets, the more it holds on, and the more it clings to us. It needs to be starved. The old dog needs to starve, and we need to start feeding our spirit. Who are you going to feed this week? Are we going to feed it with the presence of God? With the well of living water flowing through us? Or are we just going to fall into 2018's habits? This past Thursday, I had an opportunity. (laughs) Sadly, it's a rare opportunity. My parents stepped in and they gave me and Jackie a date night. It was one of five in 2018. Like one in five that we got to like go out by ourselves, be alone with each other and do whatever we wanted at restaurants or putt-putt or whatever. Oh my gosh, it was great. It was just like this deep, ah, there's nobody crying in the back seat. We can say two sentences without being interrupted. Nobody has to be fed or put to sleep or bathed or snot wiped or corrected or spanked or whatever it is. For just a few hours, and it was sweet. And we like, we like kissed in parking lots and danced in places, and it was awesome. It, I was dating my wife. We were making experiences. We were putting building blocks of intimacy. And you know what? There's probably no one else that knows Jackie as well as I do, but we're still learning about each other. We're still growing together. We're still piling up building blocks in our intimacy. And those kinds of opportunities for conversation, those sorts of experience about playing putt-putt, which I beat her so badly, none of it, because she spanked me all the way through. Those are the things that we cherish. 
I dare you this week to make a date with God. To look ahead in your week, chisel out some time, and protect that time as if you had a date. To set aside other things, to collect the things you might need. Maybe you want to journal your Bible. Maybe you, to go someplace out of the ordinary. Jesus says, go to your closet. Do whatever you got to do. Get out of the norm. Break out a little bit. Set a date with your Heavenly Father to start making experiences and building. Dude, you're doing good. Love you, Bailey. You're so important. I really need you. Thank you. Make a date this week with the God that loves you so much. Set aside a time. Chisel it out. Make it happen. And maybe it'll be so contagious that it'll be something you'll start waking up craving every day. Maybe the more you feed it, maybe the more you feed your spirit, the more hungry for the Lord it'll become. That's the way it works. Because I promise you, if you get into the habit of spending time with the Lord every day, the one day you miss, you're like, ugh, I just feel empty. I feel like everything's harder. Because you start recognizing that joy. It's almost like that cup of coffee every morning that starts giving you just what you need to get going. And then the one day you don't have it, you're like, right? You start spending time with the Lord. It starts giving you that kick that you needed. He starts pouring life into you day in and day out. And life doesn't just go into you. It flows out of you to the people around you. And then the one day you miss, you're like, "Ah, I need my fix. I need Jesus. Make a date. Protect it. Fight for it. When someone says, you want to do this? No. Sorry. That, that's blacked out of my calendar. Set aside for something special. Go on a date with God. Strip off some sort of Christian structure. The kind of st- structure that just puts pressure on you for works. You know, Jackie and I don't do, go and do the same date every time. That would get boring. But you know what? We also like to revisit the same places and have similar places and food and dates because we like familiarity. Let's stop making spending time with the Lord so structured. It has to be this way and this way and this way and this way, and you have to do it this way, and if you can't forget to do this, and we start building all of these, these works and all of this pressure, that's not a way a relationship works at all. A relationship is organic. You just spend time together. You just go on adventures together and do stuff. You don't have to like sit and meditate. You can do it. It's fun. We don't have to. You can take a walk. You can read a different devotional. You can, I don't know, fill in the blanks. Break out your paints and slather some canvas while you're spending time with the Lord. Start making a date with the Lord. Make 19 a year of incredible intimacy with the Lord that you start building experiences. One more, and another, and another, and another. Because there's more to your faith than you've been led to believe. There's so much. And the only boundaries are what you're willing to explore. Because if we will draw close to him, he will draw near near to us. A.W. Tozer, who's kind of like the champion in the topic of pursuing the Lord, he says this, complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. I live complacent far too much. I'm not saying we should make a New Year's resolution. I'm saying we should just spend time with the Lord this year in a way that we never had before. 
And we start stacking up some experiences and some inside jokes and some good God time. A whole bunch of dates. And here's just a suggestion. Remember, let's, let's pull some structure off of this thing. But if you're just like, where do I start? Here you go. We talked about it a few weeks ago. You've heard it from Derek. Soaps. Y'all heard this? This is where you go to the scripture and you spend time in some scripture. And then pick out a key verse and write the verse down in a journal or something. Maybe write down some thoughts that you have about it. And then you observe, you enter the story, you study it. What's the context of this? Who is it written to? What is it telling me? What's the truth out of this passage of scripture? Climb into the shoes of the person that was hearing it. A, application. Ask the Lord, what's revealed here? What's the truth that's revealed and how can I do it? It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to read a verse and, and, and you're like, I'm taking Nigeria for Christ by Thursday. Find something small and doable every time and do it. Something easy. You tie a string around your finger to remind yourself to pray for somebody. Send a text message. Find something easy, some way to apply what you read. P, prayer. I love to begin with repentance and forgiveness. I love to start off going, God, if there's anything in me that you need to get out, get it out. I want to be clean and clear and under control. Face wash. I love that Philippians says, go before the Lord in prayer and supplication, giving thanks. Because it it shows a contrast that prayer and supplication aren't the same thing. Supplication means bringing your request before the Lord. You're doing great, Bailey. Bringing your request before the Lord. Prayer is that conversation that builds intimacy. Girls, you get this. The more you talk, the more you conversate, the closer you get. Guys, we can take a hint. We can take a tip from them. Prayer. Let's start having conversation with them. Not just, God, I want, I want, I want, I want. But, Lord, I'm really, I'm having a hard time today. I really need you. Lord, what should I wear today? Start bringing the Lord into everyday trivial things, and you know what? He's going to start showing up in your everyday trivial things. Supplication. Give, spend time giving Him praise. Count your blessings and give them back to Him. Use the verses that you read today to pray back to Him. If Jesus is telling a parable, find a way to work that parable into your prayer. Lord, I want to be, I want to be like the guy that builds my house on a rock. Help me figure out how to do that. Share it, S, soaps. Think of an interesting, low flinch factor way to share what you learned today. If your truth is something as simple as encouraging somebody, encourage somebody. But if you can turn it around a little bit and say, find a friend and say, hey, I learned this really cool thing today, and it was about Jesus. And you can find a way to share what you learned Well, now you're not just building your relationship. You're now discipling. You're now fulfilling the Great Commission. All right, Bailey, come on over, my friend. Legs tired? No? No, you're a soccer player. Your legs don't get tired. If any of you guys felt a little uncomfortable on Bailey's behalf waiting over there in the corner. I'm sorry. Remember it, that we have a relationship that way too often waits in vain for us. Thank you, Bailey. You're a good sport.
I love you, dude. <laughs> <laughs>